Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or everyone's going through something right now. Everyone is. And if you're affected by that and the pandemic is weighing on you, uh, we call them life situations because believe it or not, it will change. I'd love to hear from you as well. The number anywhere in the U.S. of A. is 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. So today is Father's Day. Uh, How appropriate uh, to talk about my foster father, Joseph. Now, you probably think of him as a carpenter, but have you ever thought of him as an action hero? I know what you're thinking. Uh, when you hear Action Hero, your mind sees images of movies like uh, Avengers, the Avengers, with the, this muscle-bound, quick-thinking hero-type concept. But uh, what I want you to think about is the word that comes before hero, the word action. There are well over 700,000 words in the Bible. But the word of God is filled with more than just words. It's also filled with actions, people doing things that are very important. Not just the words that are thrown out you, but the actions that are being done that are important. The actions of men and women just like you is filled with, with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Why? Because of their faith. My earthly father, Joseph, was one of those people. You may never hear someone quoting Joseph or even quoting a conversation I had with Joseph, as you may other people in the Bible. Because in the, in the Bible, the things that were important to note about Joseph were the things that he did, not the things that he said. The Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about my earthly father, but in the few times it does mention him, you can see what an amazingly faithful man that he was. The last time you you hear about Joseph is when I'm 12 years old in the temple, in the book of Luke, and most theologians believe Joseph died sometime before I started my ministry at the age of 30. But don't be confused. The lack of details about Joseph's death doesn't imply 
by any means that Joseph was unimportant. That's not the case. On the contrary, this was to to shine a light, a big light on the tremendous actions of faith this man produced under often frightening or humiliating circumstances. It, it may, sadly, be commonplace these days for women to have children out of wedlock or for men to wander off while married and have children with other women. But 2,000 years ago, this type of thing was incredibly scandalous. Matter of fact, it was more than scandalous. When my mother Mary was found to be with child, she was already betrothed to Joseph. This is considered essentially married, and Joseph could have divorced her and sent her away in disgrace. Matthew 1, 18, 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. How powerful is that? That even in a confusing and humiliating situation, if God said it, Joseph did it. That type of action for an individual, a, a, a normal human being, to trust in God so much, to be so convinced of the truth of God, to know that even when the world pushes against you, even when the world says, uh, we're going to mock you and make fun of you, and we're going to humiliate you, to be able to trust God and have faith to do what's commanded. To read these stories, you may uh, think of Scripture truly is the word of God, which it is. And you may say that with uh, your lips and you may feel it in your heart, but to read those words and now apply it to your life in a practical way and think, what would you do in that situation? Would you be like Joseph and listen? 
to what God says and just do it? Or would you push back in fear and confusion, not wanting to not wanting to put yourself in a situation that might make you look bad? Because Joseph didn't worry about those things. Whenever those thoughts entered Joseph's mind, Joseph pushed those thoughts out. Wanting to do what's right by God, not what's right by man. Later in Matthew, Joseph is visited by an angel of God again. Telling him he needed to flee to protect me and my mother. Matthew 2, 13 and 14. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. So again, during a stressful situation, God said it. Joseph did it. To understand the magnitude of those actions is to know that life will bring you all kinds of situations. And if you are a father or you are a parent who has to make decisions based on all the situations going on in your life, you've got children and now you're worried about work, you're worried about protection, you're worried about all the things that come with that responsibility. And you put on top of that the faith that you have in God and, and wanting to do and promising to do the right thing always in the eyes of God, even if it's in a situation where you don't feel that you come out looking the best, but you know it's the right thing to do, that, that is the weight of who Joseph was. A character in scripture who often gets pushed aside, but was an amazing earthly father, showing by way of example to do the right thing even when it didn't look right to the rest of the world. It may be the norm now, or sadly may seem like it's the norm, to to be selfish and all of those things, or to... Um, you know, have children out of wedlock or whatever it might be. But then it was not. It was not. And Joseph was in a situation of deep possible humiliation. And even in the weight of all of that, when God said it, Joseph did it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800 520 one five three four. Of course, you can follow us on uh, Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. So it is Father's Day, and uh, when you hear those terms, a term like action hero, you're probably thinking more along the lines of of the movie The Avengers and. Uh, uh, the popularity of that movie really surrounds the fact that people like heroes. I, I understand that. And the fun of all of that, the romance of a, of a hero. But really what I want you to think about this Father's Day is the word that comes before hero in that term, and that's action. Because that's what makes a hero, someone who is willing to, to jump into action rather than to sit back and to wait. And I know it's very easy to think about some other uh, individuals in Scripture as being uh, maybe more talked about or maybe you think more interesting. But when you think about my earthly father, Joseph, you'll find a definitely a man of action, someone who was put in situations that would embarrass or humiliate um, other lesser men to run in a different direction. But every time Joseph was tested, if God said it, Joseph did it. Even when it was confusing or uh, humiliating. And there's a, a, a great theme in all of this. When my mother became pregnant via the Holy Spirit, when my foster father Joseph and my mother Mary were, were betrothed, more than an engagement, by the way, by today's standards. So, uh, that's a, you'd have to go through a divorce, a very, very powerful situation to be in. Joseph didn't run because God sent angels to tell him what was going on, and Joseph trusted. And you start to see a pattern over and over. Matthew 2, 13 and 14, the angel comes to, uh, of the Lord comes to Joseph again in a dream, tells him to get up to take me and my mother, escape to Egypt. And it's a very stressful situation. You know what? God said it. Joseph did it. You start to see this pattern. For a few verses later, it says Joseph was visited yet again by an angel of the Lord. Matthew two nineteen and 21. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are now dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. 
These passages not only point out the important attributes of Joseph as a man of faith, they also are instruction for other fathers on how to act in times of trouble. Every time the people my foster father Joseph loved were in harm's way, he listened to God. He got up and in faith dealt with it. This goes to show you that the word father should be thought of more as a verb not as a noun. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to that phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A., Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Of course, you can follow us online on Twitter at Jesus Show during the week or during the show. Um, we are there. Mary, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm in the process of reading my Bible trying to learn from it. And I have several Protestant friends who insist that the King James Version is the only Bible that should be used. Now, I have a Dewey Reams, and if I understand my history of the Dewey Reams correctly, it is only two off the original. Uh, it, was, it was translated by St. Jerome into the Vulgate Latin from the original Greek and Hebrew texts. So I'm kind of confused on how the King James Bible can be the only Bible when you have one that is a little less messed with. Does that make sense? Here's, here's what it comes down to is you have, there's only the original languages. You've got what Christians refer to as the Old Testament, both in Hebrew and Aramaic. You have uh, the New Testament, although Aramaic was the language of the day that is written in Greek. And unless you're reading directly from those, you're going to read a translation. And a translation okay. is going to go through the filter of somebody who is translating it, all of them. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about when it comes to the King James Version, you're talking about uh, the, a Bible that was translated in 1384. Right. So many English versions have come from that. And there is a lot uh, in the English language that has changed, and there's a lot of archaeology that has been discovered, and there's a lot of understanding that has taken place in the 400-some-odd years uh, mm -hmm. since that was translated. So when people get attached to this, that being the first English version, when people get attached to these things and they think that they are the only one, they're missing the point. They start worshiping the Word of God rather than God, mm -hmm. and they start getting into oh, well, this is the better version. It depends what you're doing, but by no means is the King James the best version, English version out there. There uh -huh. are many versions. Uh, the New American Standard Bible is the one that my producer Neil studies from, and he loves that. He loves the way it reads. Um, some people enjoy the way the NIV reads. And what people don't know is, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of Bible publishers don't necessarily want you to know this, but there are versions of the same one. So there are – if you buy a, an NIV, 
today, it might have been modified. You can look and see, and it's like a NIV 2.0 or something. There are modifications that take place as new information comes out, or they're refined a bit, or maybe they found something that they thought could be translated a little better, or there's more insight. So in that process uh, is a purification that uh-huh. that uh, allows Scripture to be even refined, because you're not talking about the originals anymore. You're talking about a translation. Every right. translation will have... Uh, you can call them bias, you can call them whatever, but whenever there's a human being that is now taking that and perceiving that language uh, the way they perceive it and then putting it into another language, they are their part of them is going to be in there somewhere. That's why there's so many translations. But okay. when you get to the point where you're saying this is the best translation because it's the oldest, you actually end up tripping over something. It's an informal logical fallacy. Uh, called the the appeal to antiquity. So the assumption is because something's older that it's better. And in this case, it's just not true. There are many wonderful translations of Scripture, just as you can uh, go to the bookstore and get half a dozen translations of Sun Tzu's Art of War there, uh, or Plato or anything, any work of antiquity that was written in another language has to be translated into English. And there's going to be some loss or some minor changes in that. The hope always is that the essence of or the spirit of what's being said, no pun intended, the spirit of what's being said is still encapsulated and held true. But there's kind of like this team team mentality where people are like, this is, is the only one. And I will tell you, quite often, what is commonly referred to as a cult, uh, which is usually a religious group of some kind that has one primary leader, all kinds of uh, I think things that are used to describe a cult, uh, that oftentimes these groups that are trying to ostracize themselves and not sanctify, but truly ostracize themselves from other groups, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Will adhere to one particular translation, and that becomes their focus. And I don't think that it's healthy. And sometimes Protestant friends are going to um, look down on your translation translations because they're Catholic translations. And they're going to have different books in them, and some and some of the the rhythm of how they're translated is going to be a little different, and things like that. So they're trying to get you to read uh, a more Protestant version. But I assure you, the the essentials, the the key ingredients, the things that you uh, want and are most important in your Bible are going to be in in both. And I think once you break down what really is taking place, that you have a, a lot of work. You have uh, 65-plus books written over a span of 1,400 years by 40-some-odd authors, 
written by kings and peasants, on th- written on three different continents, three different languages, times of peace, times of war. There's a lot going on there, a lot. And to just think of it as one book is a disservice to Scripture. And to just think of it as, well, this translation is better than... Tra- it depends what you're doing. There are some that are paraphrased that I would never recommend somebody to use for study. But for simple reading, oftentimes they can be easier to consume and uh, more enjoyable maybe to consume because the language is modern and more relaxed. Um, And then there's some that I would say this is a great one for studying from. This is a great verbatim-esque type uh, reading experience. So when you're going to be doing deep dives in in different specific words, this is what you want. And it depends. You're just going to need to do some homework and look through these things yourself. But look back and see how they were, uh, what books were chosen and why, and why they were chosen, what the specific differences are in the translations and why. Another really wonderful thing to do, we've talked about unboundbible.com, which is a resource from uh, Biola University in Southern California, uh, and it's a wonderful resource. But you can go on there and you can choose different Bible versions. So, uh, And there's many websites and things that you can do this. You pick a verse that you like, and then you can change the Bible versions and see how that verse changes. Look and see how it changes and if it ever changes the meaning or if it's just the way that it's it's phrased. But does it always mean the same thing? So you can go through all of them. New American Standard, uh, New Revised Standard, King James, the American Standard, Basic English Bible, the Darby Version, Douay Rhymes, uh, Webster, uh, World English Bible, Young literal, Young's literal translation. You go through these and look and see how these verses compare. And if you really think there's some great difference, I would be surprised. There are subtle differences to each and every one. And there, if it's a study Bible, there's going to be different notes as to the, the things you're reading. But ultimately, you're going to find that more often than not, it's going to be very, very, very close. The diff- the main differences would be if you get into um, uh, minority Christian groups like um, Jehovah's Witness. These groups can be controversial because many Protestants and Catholics believe them to be a part of a cult. We don't like to throw the cult word around um, because technically if you want to be super specific, you go back into history, and Christianity as a whole would have been a non-Jewish cult. So if you look back and you look at certain groups like uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they have their own specific translation. And as I've said, that tends to be a little bit of a red flag, that there's something about that group or that church that they're trying to say, this is the one true church this is that we have the the direct line to God, and those things can often be a tip off of the type of church uh, that is inside. 
the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation. Anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Beth, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi. Hi, Beth. How can I help you? Um, question. Mm-hmm. I have a relative that's not married. They just live in together. They've been about two or three years. And I'm concerned, is there anywhere in the Bible where it specifically says, okay, you have to have a priest in front of the the, the couple or, or, you know, the ceremony? Or is there anywhere in the Bible that says yes or no, that's right or wrong? I got to tell but, you, there is nowhere in the Bible, and this, this often confuses people, there's nowhere in the Bible that says don't take a four-inch metal spike and shove it into your eye. Not, oh, no. There's not one place. So do you think that God wants you to take a four-inch metal spike and shove it into your eye? Not at all. Okay, but do you need that to be told to you in Scripture? Yeah, well... No. (laughs) No, no. you don't. Now, now there are things that talk about being a good steward to your body. There are things that talk about your health and your body being a temple. And so you can deduce that God doesn't want you to shove a four-inch metal spike into your eye. Likewise... Uh, Hebrews 13.4 describes an honorable state of marriage. Uh, there are uh, other verses that talk about that a leader of the church, somebody who's going to be standing before the church in Timothy, talks about that it uh, that person should be uh, That's right. yeah, you know, a husband of one wife and things like this. It talks about in uh, Proverbs about what the top proper uh, wife, type of wife, should be. And these types of things, you can come to a deduction— Having said that, you can also come across the term a sexual immorality or fornication. Right. And what that means is illegal sex or unlawful sex. So unlawful sex implies what? That there is lawful sex. Right. Okay. So you get you hear those things and you say, okay, here's lawful sex, here's unlawful sex. And you can come to the conclusion that since there is that separation of Every time you read the word that's either translated to sexual immorality or fornication, that by definition is sex outside of marriage. Okay. So, you you know, if they're living together and they're not having sex, well, that's, (laughs) yeah, but which isn't what happens. And everyone always says, but wait, this and that. It's not about, people look at it as the piece of paper. The marriage that you get in the United States, we'll just speak of the United States. In the United States, the marriage you get is a civil union. Right. You that's, a, that's a legal, yes. Scripture also says that you're to abide by the laws of the land mm-hmm. um, as long as they are not infringing on your faith. Right. And in this case, it's not. So, one, uh, legally, in the law of land, every marriage that anybody does, even in church, is a civil marriage. Mm-hmm. Once okay. it's it's you know, ordained by the state. The religious part is ceremonial. So, uh, you know, the, the, you know how the saying goes, the power vested in me by, you know, the state of wherever you are and blah, 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 that really that is what it comes down to. The state 
is giving permission to the different churches uh, or synagogues, etc., to 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 uh, proceed over uh, the the ceremony. But really, it's a civil legal ceremony. Okay. So All there's right. a lot of excuses. People look for excuses, yeah. but you know what? Uh, they are you going to say you're going to walk into a store and you're going to say, "Hey, listen." Just trust me, I'll pay you. I, this whole check thing, it's just a piece of paper, and I sign. Or are you going to walk in and buy a car and have the guy tell me, ah, you know what, just take the car. Mm-hmm. Give me the money. Don't worry about the paperwork. I'm gonna, don't, it's just a bunch of paper and signatures. Don't worry about it. Or the house mm-hmm. is yours. Trust me. You wouldn't do that in any other part of your life. Not at all. So why not have the commitment to one another. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Say, you know what? I love you so much that I'm going to make a legal ah. commitment here in the United States. There you go. Um, that says that we are now a legal partnership there with consequences if I should breach that contract. Sounds good. Well, maybe <laughs> to you, not to your friend, I'm sure. But uh, I know people uh, want it to be something that it's not, sadly. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and of course the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, of course the Bible. Or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations. And strangely enough, the human experience says that uh, when things go from good to bad, the assumption is they will no, never go back to good. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. But I'd love to talk to you if you're going through something. The number anywhere in the U.S. of A. is 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. And welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning. I'm glad to be talking to you. My pleasure. How can I help you? Well, um, my husband and I are um, struggling with the decision um, to relocate. It's kind of an anecdote for the question that I have to ask you. Um, we're okay. selling a house in one place, and we're moving about a 1,700 miles away to another house. We're having troubles with both houses. And what, what, do, you, I'm, what do you mean by troubles? Well, um, you know, to work out the fa- financing for the new house. Uh, but we finally did that, and then selling the old house, you know, things keep going wrong, electrical problems that we've never had before. We had a plumbing problem. Like, So what I want to know is, could it be that God is sending us signals that this is the wrong decision, that we shouldn't be doing this? 
I mean, um, or, you know, on the other hand, maybe he's saying this is uh, going to be a lot of work, but, you know, it's going to be good in the end. I don't know. Is is God, are you saying that that we need to work on this decision, or is this superstition in my mind to think that any of these things might be a sign? Mostly superstition. Here, oh. here, here, here's what you have to look at in life. Don't make the normal abnormal. When people sell their homes, or they prepare to sell their homes, and they have somebody come through it with a, you know, a fine-tooth comb and analyzing everything and poking around, whether it's you're preparing to get ready or whatever, and have electrical problems, plumbing problems, things that you didn't know or never had issues with, that's pretty normal. That happens quite often. Uh, when you're in a home, uh, things are a little different. The, mo- the moment you get to, it's like, uh, for instance, when you take uh, pictures, photographs, paintings off the wall, you start to know how dirty the walls are. Mm-hmm. You go, wow, I didn't think they were that dirty. And then you remove some things, and now you can see what the original color was versus versus how it's faded or it's gotten dirty or whatever. Anytime you make change or there's movement, you're going to stir up the waters. It's just the way it works. And you can't always look at that and say, okay, that's that's God trying to tell me that there's a problem. People get flat tires. And if you thought the, a flat tire was a sign from God every time you got one, you'd never go anywhere. So it sounds to me the descriptions that you're giving me are normal things that would go with it, even if it's something you hadn't been experiencing while you were living there. Uh, if God wants to get your attention, God will get your attention and it will be it will be big and loud and specific and if anything else if god's trying to slow you down for some reason well you're being slowed down but it doesn't mean not to do it life will go on wherever you go there will be good days and bad days there will be problems there will anywhere you are you just tend to get used to them where you, where where you already live right so it seems like, others oh, knew this, knew that, but there isn't. It's it's just stuff. It's life stuff. It's house stuff. It's you know moving stuff. It sounds all very, very normal to me. Okay. Well, I will tell you that um, while, while we already started this process, my mom passed away. Um, it's been almost a month. And, um, you know, she'd been ill, and she talked about going to be with Jesus and, and with my dad. So, you know, we're at peace with it. But, you know, that was, that was kind of big. But um, something that I've realized about myself is that I'm not working hard enough on my feelings about her passing while all this other stuff is going on. Mm. Well, that, that too is common. There are lots of times that people kind of time shift their mourning uh, in the process because life does get in the way. It, mm-hmm. it just does. So if you're saying that you you feel like you haven't really had that time to mourn or you're so well, caught up in honor her I, I feel like I'm dishonoring her because I'm so distracted about you know all the the house business How do you feel you're dishonoring her Well I um I guess cuz I I don't have peace and I don't have um well the peace I need to sit down and and just really uh, concentrate on her and what her life was and where she is now. You know, I and and when I do, 
uh, try to think about that, think about honoring her uh, with my memories and everything, I get I get distracted by the house. And so maybe that's, you know, what you're talking about. Um, the evil one is, is coming into my mind when I need to, um, you know, sweep him away. Your mother has passed. Yes. She's not here anymore. Right. In Scripture, uh, there were times where I needed uh, some of my disciples. And there were times where they would have things going on here, going on there. And at times you'd find people that, that who had family that had passed. And my response was, the, the dead will bury the dead. Meaning that the, the dead are dead. Mm-hmm. You do want to spend time. You do want to mourn. You do want to do that. But n- none of that's changing anything. There's no disrespect to your mother. There's, you're living. She's not. You still have life to do here. She's graduated. She's somewhere else. Okay. So it's not disrespectful at all for you to have to do what what's in front of you. Now, if you're looking for excuses not to go, you might want to ask yourself why you're looking for excuses not to go. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's very simple and it has to do with you. You just don't want to go and you haven't. You haven't stood up and said, I don't want to go. Plain and simple. People look for great meeting and all this deep uh, signs, wonders. But really, it's whether you want to go or not. It is a choice. That's it. Like whether you want to have vanilla or chocolate. It's just a choice. It's a choice to live somewhere else. It's not a sign that God would like me better if I have vanilla or if I have chocolate. Exactly. There's no there's no preference there. There there are morally neutral things in life that are just decisions, just choices, rather. Just choices that you make, what you wear or whatever. There are things where it's it's not like it's a short skirt, it's not like it's revealing, it's not it's just clothes, the color of clothes, and it's morally neutral. And you're just making a choice to wear one thing over the other. That's it. You're making a choice to move somewhere else. There will be sin there. There will be car accidents there. There will be uh, good people there. There will be good neighbors. There'll be bad neighbors. Uh, there'll be taxes there. There will, it, all life is everywhere. You you can't move away from life. It's going to find you wherever you are. But you can't think that it's just based on that choice. So if mm-hmm. you are dealing with trying to find a balance in life and not be separated and commuting to Seattle, Washington, and all of these things, then you're going to have to look for a solution. And the solution is going to be to find some place and and live there. It's closer to all That's it. And you're going to like some of it more and like some of it less. And there's going to be things you get used to, but that's, that's everywhere. But if you really genuinely don't want to go, you have to speak up. Don't look for God to speak up for you because this isn't... It's not a moral thing. This isn't God saying, well, it's immoral to live in Washington. It's not. <laughs> okay. And so it's just a choice whether okay. you want to or not. Okay. This is going to make it a lot easier for me to, to say my prayers. Good. Good. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. You go in peace now. I know that change is one of those things that makes uh, everyone kind of crazy. But because you get comfortable where you are. But change is not good or bad or any of those things. It's 
basically what you what what why are you changing? What are you trying to do? What are you looking to accomplish? And you go through those things. You make a choice, and you know what? If you make a choice and it's not the one you want, it might be a pain, but you can make another choice. Go somewhere else. Do something else. That's up to you. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions. And talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be brave. I encourage you to be bold. I encourage you to go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 800-520-1534. Choices are one of those things that tend to paralyze. And when you have something before you that you need to make, there's something about the word decision that I think weighs people down rather than just understanding it's a choice. It's a choice that you want, you weigh whatever options you can. And I'm not saying don't do your homework. You should always do your homework when it comes to making choices. But sometimes it's just going to be flavor. That's it. Imagine in yet a, a lot of economic turmoil in the past five years or so. And imagine that you're in a circumstance where you do need to move, but the market has just dumped. So in the process, you're going to lose money. That may be a decider. It may not. Because you may need to move. It just may be something you have to do. And so you do it. You can't always look around thinking, well, maybe God is telling me to stay. No, because there's good decisions, bad decisions. I get it. But oftentimes things are just choices. Will there be consequences to choices? Yep. That's the way choices are. The consequence to eating vanilla ice cream is that you're not eating chocolate. Doesn't mean it's, you're going to spiral out of control. It's just a choice. And I don't want you to get paralyzed by choices in life because they're going to come by. And oftentimes it's not about something that's going to change your world completely. It's just about a change that is needed or whatever the situation might be. And that's it. So do your homework, yes. But don't overthink everything to the point where you can't do anything. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to that phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534.
Sharon, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? How are you? Well, I have a question. Um, we have two daughters. They're both grown. Mm-hmm. And my question is, they both have, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we all have issues. <laughs> sure. But they have some serious issues that it bothers me. Okay, what, what I was wondering, what Bible passage is it that refers to that we should guide our children through all things? That's my question. Well, what do you mean? Through They're... all things. Well, um... Yeah, okay. Now, are they, are they? You say they're grown. Are they adults? Yes. Okay. One's almost thirty-seven. One is thirty-seven, and we always joke around. One's almost thirty-five, and the other one's forty. Pretty close, anyway. And the, we, we have also we have eight grandchildren, and one is um, you know, this is very personal, but um, one is an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and the other one is her. The other daughter's husband is into drugs, mm. and we think that she is also. But you know, I should know because I'm a reformed alcoholic, so I, you know, I know these things. Not like I know it, everything, but anyway. So I, I just they, they take care. Of it. She has um a daughter, or they have a daughter, and she takes very good care of her daughter, but she's very concerned because. She's trying to keep her marriage together, and he acts like a proverbial—I don't know. He's not a good guy? This is the one that's using drugs? Correct. Hmm. Yeah, because he's so much into his self-centeredism concerning the drug thing, he's not paying attention to his family and doing what he should do as a family man. Sure. You know? So um, so this leads you— to call. What is your question for me regarding this? Well, okay, I give my best loving advice because I'm a, I can't help it, you know. I sure. To and then, you know, you hear, we hear, you know, oh, just let it go. They're growing. They can do it themselves. But I think that there's sometimes you need guidance in life. We all need guidance in life. And, you know, but anyway, my point is, is that, um, I was wondering what Bible passage states that we should guide our children through all things, no matter what. Well, there isn't. There isn't any. There's. There's verses, obviously, like Proverbs twenty-two six that says, "Train a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it." So basically, what it's saying is, your your job is to train them while they're young, Mm -hmm. not while they're adults. Now it does. Right. It doesn't mean that they won't come to you for questions or answers or direction, and when they do, to be ready, willing, and able to give them that. But oh, yes. ultimately, that's no. your job is to do that until they're up and out of the house. That's right. the important thing. Give them the tools they need so that in life, for the remainder of their life, they can go and re, re, you know uh, reference all of those tools and things that you've given them. But there sounds like there's some stuff that's a little deeper and a little bigger of a mess. The choices yeah. of of partners and uh, choice yeah. of lifestyle, you know, consuming yeah. alcohol to that degree and things like that. That that's yeah. that's more than just good or bad advice at that point. Yeah. 
They need some real they're help. Both Christians, I mean, they, they both believe in God and in Jesus saved the world, etc. But the problem with the young one is that not not her problem; it's his. That he believes in God, but he doesn't believe in Jesus. How can you not believe in Jesus if you believe well, in God? So they're un, so. Would you call you call that unequally yoked? Correct. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. They have definitely two different views there. Uh, in in what they believe uh, you know, controls, runs, and directs their life, but there's there's larger problems than that. I mean, Christianity is a term, and a lot of people use it, and but there's there's things that go with it that are part of the process to grow and to remain focused on the things of God, and it sounds very much like like your daughter's family is very unfocused on much of anything. So, uh, but that's, and I know that that hurts as a, as a grandmother, as a mom, as, as a human being, it hurts to watch that. And you can be there for them when they ask, but you can't live their life for them. No one did for you. You had to make the decisions that you made when it came to your alcoholism and people helped you. Good now. <laughs> I didn't have to even. I didn't even have to go to AA. I just looked at my looked at myself in the mirror and I looked horrible. <laughs> you know, so I had to talk to myself and talk to God, and I just I just feel bad. Of course you do. That's a that's a very horrible thing to have to watch. But there's only so much you can do in the circumstance now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If, if you think there's any harm coming to those children, you need to speak up and you need to speak to the authorities and do what you need to do. But adults uh, kind of have the ability to to do stupid things to each other, unfortunately, and themselves. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I went to a, a Christian school, mm-hmm. and it was based around Christianity, and, and I started taking a psychology course, and they were talking about how if you, as long as you don't hurt, you're not hurting yourself or anybody else. Then you're, you know, you're still doing all right. But you have to have that guidance from, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, That's guidance okay. from above. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is, there's, needs to be direction in your life. There's a lot of people that play fast and loose with what's going on. Uh, and Sharon, that's you. You went through times of of that as well, and uh, it sounds like maybe your daughter's at least one of them is going through some of those things. It stinks to sit back and have to watch that. But again, if the children if the children aren't being put in harm's way, because in that case everyone has to protect the children. But the adults, you have to give them their space to do the make the decisions they they're going to make in life 
if they are going to start hurting other people, then you have the right to step in and say, hey, this is not okay, and things like that. Drinking and driving, those using drugs at home, those types of things become very, very problematic. The frustration lies in as a parent looking at this, even if you do give them the tools, and looking at it and saying, oh boy, they're not using them. And I get count, countless calls from mothers, from grandmothers, who are looking at the lives of their children, or even their children's children, with great sadness. Sometimes it's based on just differences. People live differently today than they did before. And sometimes it's, it's like what you're sharing, Sharon. And that is that there are, are truly things that need to change. But when you had the authority, when you had the right and the grasp on the children is when they were young. And that's, that's when you have that time to teach and to give and hopefully uh, to know that they're going to learn and to move forward. But after, the, after that time, once, once those children are old enough to get up and out of that house, you lose that. At bare minimum, you lose the opportunity because they're not there. And now it's different. Now it's not a day-to-day thing because of the structure of the house. Now it's based on when they want help, when they have questions, if they want help, if they have questions. And that becomes much more difficult because now it's just not a matter of stepping in and saying, this is what you need to do. They have to care enough to even ask the question. They have to care enough to want to approach you and and want your insight at all. Because if they're not in, in a place to receive any of that, it'll fall on deaf ears. It won't it won't penetrate, it won't help anyone, it won't move your relationship forward, nothing. And if your daughter does claim to be a Christian, well, there's there's some issues with that as well. It's not just about being unequally yoked. There's there, there's, it's beyond that when you have a husband who is using drugs and you have a child. That's not about being unequally yoked. We could argue all kinds of theology with that. That's about protecting those children. That's key. That's number one, even above the adults in the situation. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. Maria, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning. Hi. How can Hi. I help you? Okay, I have a question about the scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 13. Okay. It says, I know the thoughts that I have for you towards you, I said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an unexpected end. Then shall ye call upon me 
and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Is this God or Jeremiah? Well, verse 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Declares who? Declares the Lord. Lord. Is that Jeremiah or is that the Lord? That's God, the Mm -hmm. Lord. Here's where it gets a little confusing. Chapter 29 is actually a letter from Jeremiah the prophet, but it's quoting God. So if you look there, you see it in the quotes there. It's quoting God speaking, and it's speaking to those, uh, uh, to the exiles. So that's that's what's taking place there, and that, that sometimes can be a point of confusion, but that is God speaking. So is this a promise? Yeah, well, the, can it be considered a promise? Yes, but it, the promise is certainly a promise that is speaking to the exiles. Is there a particular application in your life that you're curious about? Uh, mm, the whole uh, idea of it being God saying he has the thought for my life. Of course. And, uh, so he already has a plan for my life. Yes. Not of good, but for not of evil, but for good. Of course. And then my um, job is to pray. So I will know what the thought is. Sure. God certainly has a purpose for you, and there are certain skills and things that you can see and gifts and abilities that God has has already shown you as to uh, what those abilities are. And that in in any case, although this is very specific, this particular letter to the exiles, it, it's in Scripture for a reason. And Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So it's all purposeful. And in this particular case, this is God reminding you through this letter that, yes, there is a purpose, and that you're to pray on that, to, to learn and to focus on that purpose, so that you can move forward using and knowing that that purpose for the things of God, for good and not for evil. So you're absolutely right. That is uh, that is a legitimate way to look at that verse and, and that scripture. It's always good to see it in its context, to understand as to who God was speaking to at the time and for what, what purpose, one end. And that way it seats in that, that context and you can uh, get a better better idea of that, Maria. But uh, you are absolutely right. That's God saying, listen, Maria, I have plans for you. There are things that I want to do with you and utilize your gifts and abilities. And I want you to continue to pray on that and focus so that you can know those things and move towards that end. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host, happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Three, four. You can also follow us during the show and during the week on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Michelle, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello. Hi, Michelle. 
How can I help you? Um, I am curious. I have been trying for years to hear your voice. What I am trying to hear is what you want me to do for you. My children are grown. I have no husband. I am yours, Jesus, 100%. What can I do for you? How can I hear your voice? Well, you, you hear my voice daily. You, you know, you would know if the devil was standing in front of you or if I was standing in front of you. It's a matter of utilizing the things that you know you can do and, and doing them. I think sometimes, Michelle, it's because of the spirituality that comes with, with uh, faith that people think it has to be some sort of uh, magic power or something. But really, if you read verses like Matthew five thirteen through 16, it talks about being the salt of the earth. You remember that verse and about being uh, the light of the world? Those, right. are, those are two everyday things. Light, that's something you use every day. Salt, it's something you use every day, sometimes in moderation. But it's used, it's everywhere. And it's not about some sort of special gift per se, although, although those certainly do exist, but about being that everyday item. So whether it's donating, whether it's participating in a charity with your time, uh, helping others uh, and diving into your church and being a part of uh, the church structure, helping with uh, the children there, whatever it might be, you just do it. You start with that and uh, get involved. And in that process of getting involved, you'll start seeing where, oh, I happen to be a little better at this than I am at that. So maybe they can use my skills here or the church folk will say, my goodness, we can really use somebody who knows how to do X, Y, or Z. And you go, I know how to do that. It's not about waiting to have a sign drop in front of you and say, this is, this is what God needs necessarily. It's more understanding that by your very nature of who you are, as it says in Matthew 5, that you are the salt of the earth. And it says, but if salt has lost its, its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket. You don't do that. You put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's it. So be the light and be the salt and participate in things. Volunteer. Dedicate your time helping others and doing things for others dedicate your time to church and and start there does that make sense well of course of course and i and i do that and it just seems like i am kind of running on ice i i don't really have any idea what my gifts are i feel frustrated because i feel i'm kind of a news addict i really been I can't tear myself away from what's going on in the world. There's some serious stuff happening. And I feel like we are almost at the very edge of a a new dimension of our relationship with you. And I feel like there's just so much more to do than just, you know, pass out food at the food bank and stuff like that. I just feel like... Like like what? why is... If I talk about light and salt... Two of the most common things. Right. How could that be? 
I, I think, it, imagine it this way. I've talked to children and and on the program many times before, and oftentimes they 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 would do anything for their parents in in the worst case scenario. These kids would take a bullet for their parents, but they won't do the dishes. And that's and I find that Christians tend to be that way with God. It's like, oh, I would I would go to the cross if I had to for you, Lord. I would take a bullet for you, Lord. I will. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would stand up and I would proclaim it to the world, even if they took my life. I would be. Uh, I would step happily into martyrdom for you. And God says, "Okay, just do this mundane task every day for me." Well, I don't want to do that. That doesn't seem very special, but it is. It, oh, and... But I do, and I'm happy. I'm happy swabbing the deck or whatever it's called. Excellent. I'm happy doing that. But I, if that's what, if that's all you want me to do, if that's the only thing I was created to do, I am happy to do that. But it seems like you put on my heart a greater, a greater service. I don't, but I just don't know. Am I just hoping? That you gave me a greater job to do. <laughs> I don't know that there. I don't know that there is a greater one. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said that God loves the average person. That's why He made so many of them. And I think that there is, unfortunately, a lot of people look down upon the things that are just necessary, kind of like raking the leaves. And no, 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 I don't. I don't. I am happy to do that. I've been spending my lifetime doing that. Okay. Then, then you the do it down. until until you're pulled in a direction that is different. What's so your you'll example? You'll just reach out and move and change my circumstances mm-hmm. in that time. Always. You said there's an example. What's your example? I, well, okay. I, again, I'm just addicted to the news, and it seems to me that it goes way beyond left, right, and all that nonsense. Sure. It's coming down to a real spiritual decision that people are making, that there's a real darkness that people can't see through. And then and then, then there's the other side, that on our side, there's so many people who, who are so committed to you and their eyes are like the veil is lifted. But there's, I feel like there's just so many of those good people out there who just can't see through this dark veil that's over their eyes. And and I just don't have the tools necessarily to reach them and help them understand that there is you, and you are so fabulous and so glorious and so everything that you want. And and, and some of these people absolutely love you, but they are still completely spiritually dark. Am I just uh, reading into other things or... Life has been filled with spiritually dark people since the the bite of the apple. Of course. As they say. Now, of course, Scripture doesn't say there was an apple. Scripture says it was a fruit. Scripture says there's two people in that situation, both, both equally as inspired by the devil. And that starts a story that comes throughout uh, the New Testament and essentially finishes with my death on the cross. Now, in that in that process, in that entirety, it never there's evil throughout. Evil throughout and there's darkness throughout. Is there 
a unique darkness to now. Sure, there's always new new things that come along. And you're right, people are, are lost. But the news hasn't changed. What has changed is the way you get the news. You consume it more now than ever before. And before it was more mostly local with a tad bit of national. Now you have, and even the most tiny bit of international, now you consume mass quantities of local national and international news and so yes it looks more than ever like the world is going to hell on a greased pole but i'll tell you doesn't that give us us a greater responsibility then but there is no the, the responsibility is no greater now than ever before that's the problem is that people think that that faith and and their purpose is circumstantial and it's not my words written 2,000 years ago, some of them much older than that, are still the same today. They didn't change. They were for the same stuff then that they are now. Your purpose is the same. It's to not be ashamed of the gospel. It's to share it, to be, to be available, to be doing things in a way that people say, wow, you're different. You stand out. I, I You know, everybody else is... is um, going off and doing their own thing, yet you can, you're raking the leaves when everybody's playing, and I'm curious why. And in that process, you share the gospel, one person at a time. That's the same. There's never been any other direction in Scripture. It's always been that. All right. Actually, that that kind of boils it down to the nuts and bolts. Well, that's what it is. That's yeah. the it's the simple to go out and preach the gospel, the good news. Tell people there's a God that loves them. Live in a way that people will ask you about that. Live in a way that people will want to know those things. I love that you're on fire. I love that you want to do this. But I will tell you now, the world is no worse off than it was before. It's filled with sinners now. It was filled with sinners then. So much so that God destroyed it. So... Uh, there, okay, okay. there was plenty of, yes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Can I ask another question? <laughs> Uh, right, why don't you why don't you rip. why don't you hold tight for just one moment there? It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here, answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life, and of course the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your theology questions or your life situations. Anywhere in the U.S. of A., all you have to do is dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Okay. We were talking with Michelle. Michelle, you there? I'm here. Okay. Now, you said you had a a follow-up question. We were talking about being used by God, your purpose, focusing on on what you wanted to do. I said that... uh, 
that there are average things that seem average that are very important. Matthew 5 talks about being the salt and the light of the earth, very everyday things, but very important things. And uh, then you said you had a, uh, another question. So how can I help because you? The last, the last thing you said before that was that um, there's always been evil in the world, and that's why God judged it. And so that brings me to the next point, is that um, I feel like if we don't repent and turn back towards you, we are going to be heading for judgment. And I know you didn't raise us up to be wimps. And I just feel like there's so, we're so, we're headed straight for judgment. That judgment, that type of judgment doesn't exist in the same way anymore. It doesn't because I came and I died on the cross. It was, it was a different structure. So that, I know everyone thinks that their generation is the worst generation ever. And the truth is, every generation is a problem because every generation is filled with sinners. Every generation has people who are selfish. That's not even your problem. That's my problem. So your issue is what I've given you. Thankfully, Michelle, you don't have to save the world. I got that covered. What I do need you to do is a little PR and marketing. So you need to share the gospel when people ask. You have to be prepared to live a life that will make people want to ask. And that's your calling. And that will come in different forms sometimes. Sometimes it might come in the way of a, by way of a uh, eyebrow-raising radio program that makes people wonder what it's all about. Maybe it will be in a book you write. Maybe it will be just raking the leaves. All of them equally as important. All of them equally as valuable. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always so much better when you're here with us as we are here with you every Sunday answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. You can follow us on Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Mason, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi, thank you. I uh, really enjoy listening to you and... uh appreciate the words of wisdom that you get out on the radio to myself and all those that listen. Oh, thank you. My question to you is, um, you know, for the longest time I've been struggling with, um, I've had my own family loss and loss of friends, as many people do, mm-hmm. and I've gone to funerals where uh, there's been a coffin and, and burial in the ground, but more recently, more and more I'm hearing about our being cremated, and I'm not quite sure... Um, I am a person of spiritual faith, and I'm not quite sure how God feels about cremation. Uh, You know, there's that old verbiage, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and I've always been told that we've come from earth and we need to return to earth, thus the burial. But I just want to know, based on, on your opinion and what you've learned through life, what do you, do you have any opinion about how God may feel about cremation versus, you know, a coffin burial where the person is placed underground. To the Christian believer, there's no difference. Zero. Now, our Jewish brothers and sisters do have some 
uh, issues with it as far as cremation goes. And some of that may go back uh, to what Christians refer to as the Old Testament, um, because there is uh, an example of human bones being burned. Um, and in this particular case, it, it was being burned on an altar, and they said that it desecrated the altar. Um, that's in Second so Kings. I am, but, so but, I am of the Christian faith, okay. so it would just so, probably kind of um, pertain to the Christian faith. But just to give full, because people always go, well, what about this, what about that? So seeing as Christians use uh, the Old Testament as well, that Second Kings verse uh, may be important to some people, Second Kings twenty three sixteen through 20. But um, as a whole, that's a, a specific reference. There's nothing in Scripture, none, not one word about cremation or God uh, condemning it or saying it's a curse on the body or anything like that. There's nothing. As a matter of fact, and this isn't to be gratuitous or gross, but the science of what's going on and the biology of what's going on is going to be the same. The body is going to decay to its simplest form. If I'm you bury sorry you got cut off there. The body is going to be what? It's going to decay to its simplest right. form. It's going to break down and can continue to decay and everything right. will become that simple form sooner or later whether uh, you're buried in the ground in a coffin or cremated it, it ultimately correct. ends up the same correct unless something's mummified or whatever with with enough time it all basically just starts to decompose so there's no there's no theological reason for a christian um, to worry about cremation versus burial. They're ceremonial. So if you want to cremate, cremate someone and then have the ceremony um, and the remembrance or the celebration of life or all those things can still be done, whether they're in an urn or they're in a box. The fact is they're dead. Well, you know, the truth is when you watch society being built upon, you know, with townhomes and houses and commercial real estate, etc., all the land is being taken. And eventually you wonder if there's going to come a time when we really don't have a choice anyway because of lack of space. Yeah, maybe so. There is, uh, um, there's, uh, death is a strange thing. It is something that from a very young age everyone is taught about, whether it's through their goldfish or a pet or a grandparent or what have you. That cycle continues to um, that you continue to age and uh, eventually die. Yet it's one of those things that people don't like to talk about or deal with. And um, I think that some of the ceremonies are not religious in nature per se, but really ceremonies of people's uh, inerrant difficulty uh, in dealing with death. And so if they're gone, that's fine, but I still want to know where they are. So we'll put them here. And this is where they are, and that's where they're living now. We don't get to talk to them anymore, but it's right. like, you know, it, but they're right there. And I think that most of it has to deal with things like that rather than um, a reality of what's going on, because the reality is they're gone, and um, that is merely flesh, and it's decaying. So cremation sometimes could be economical, um, sometimes for space. Sometimes people want to have the, the person or the thought of the person close, so in an urn, uh, somewhere in the home. But they're, they're, they're not sacred in that sense. They've passed on. And really, it's just about the memory and commemorating their life and remembering right. them that way. So either way, 
to the Christian, either way, whether it's cremation or burial, is all fine. There's uh, Christians that... You don't think cremation is wrong? No. There's nowhere in Scripture that says otherwise, either. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it. Again, and your your show really reaches out to a lot of us that have questions, and um, I thank you for what you're uh, passing along to me and the other listeners who uh, care as well. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Uh, you're very welcome. What a what a kind salutation on the way out there. I will take it. I appreciate that. Um, and and keep in mind that without those of you that are take the time out on your Sunday to listen to the program or connect with the program through tweets or what have you, tell others about the program. Without you, there is no program. And we do it because um, uh, to connect with one another is important and to have this time to talk about things that are different than the all the heaviness of the things that you hear during the week. The heaviness we deal with are emotional things and spiritual things and uh, philosophical things, and we hope to look towards solutions rather than just the problems themselves. So um, I appreciate you equally that you spend the time with me each week. And when it comes to things like death and cremation, uh, I know they're not fun things to talk about, and some Christians go, well, what about, um, you know, there's, the dead will rise up and all this. God's not worried if you're cremated or whether you're buried it's like, wow, I could raise up the dead out of a box, but man, if they're cremated, where, let's see, the hip bones connected to the, it's not like that. Okay. God's not worried about the uh, the ashes. God's not worried about the bones. God's worried about the respect given to those that have passed on. Marty, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, hello. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um for years and years, I've been troubled about something I learned. I was um, uh, raised a, a Presbyterian, and somewhere in the Presbyterian belief, they have predestination. I think it comes from Calvin. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, um, I have the problem with predestination and free will. Now, if you have free will, what good does that do if you have, if you're predestined? Oh, this is the age-old question, and it's a heavy one. And um, there's a much theological discussion about it. And yes, uh, Calvinism and uh, the rise of the concept of predestination. And if God is predestining, um, well, you know, your path, and then how could you have free will? Now, I'm going to give you a a simple and a sketch, or maybe a crude analogy. But one, hopefully, that is something that you can think about further, because there's a lot of discussion on this. But think of it more about God knowing, foreknowing where you're going to go, but not forcing it to go. Um, also, the, the, the concept of options, that every option is created by God because God creates everything. Now, that, means, uh, that doesn't mean that God forces people to make the choices that they make. That's and, the free will part. Yes. So there's difference. So imagine it this way. You walk into, you know, Neil's House of Pies, and there's a hundred choices of pies, which actually sounds pretty good. But there's a hundred choices of pies. And you walk in, and you cho- you choose the pie you like. 
<laughs> now, you made the choice of the pie you wanted to have, but the choices in which you can choose from, I created. Right? So God creates the choices that you can choose from. You create that choice. So Neil's house of pies, then Neil creates all the choices of those pies. You go in and you choose the pie you want. So there is a marriage or a, a, a balance between the two. And people get caught up in thinking that God is forcing you to do something, but no. that, that can't work. That can't no. work on any, on any level because if God forced you, then the concept of love doesn't mean anything. The concept of free will doesn't mean anything. All of those things go out the window. You have to be able to choose good or bad. And God gives you those choices when the Father, the Spirit, when I created all the choices that you would have are available. By creating the good choices, the opposite is created as well differently because now it's just the option or the possibility of the negative or the opposite. So God says this is the right way to do something. That means that the there is a choice inherent in the creation of that right thing. To choose wrong. So all those choices exist now because of God's creation. But what you choose in that pattern, what you choose to partake in is still your free will and your free choice. I wonder this time where she's gone. It is the Jesus Christ show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and of course the afterlife. You can also follow us during the show and during the week at Jesus Show on Twitter at Jesus Show. I know there's a lot of things on talk radio, weighty, heavy, Ugly things, the news. And we gather every Sunday here on the program to talk about things that we say are important in life and the afterlife. But really, we're looking for solutions. The world is broken, and there's a lot of pain and sadness. But I assure you, there is nothing so broken that the unique glue of God's love can't repair. And in that process of brokenness and being sad and heavy-hearted, I hope that this show is at the very least a beacon of hope and uh, a compass that points true north, showing you that God is there and is real and that he wants wants to have a relationship and wants to love on you and protect you doesn't mean there won't be pain and ugliness and sadness in the world there will always be that until this world becomes the next but learning to deal with it in a way to keep your integrity and dignity to work through things in balance and strength to grow with one another side by side so that you know that you're not alone and that the things in this world can only ever 
be squelched, quieted in any way, shape, or form by the strength by the strength of those that are willing to arm in arm do what's right. And I know that faith and religion and these things uh, have their own issues. We talk about them on the program all the time. Probably give more grief to the church, small C church or big C church as the case may be, uh, than anyone else. But it's because I care and I want want you to see that if you work from within, if you get your household, your family right, then the rest of the world will look to you for guidance. People will look in on what you're doing and they'll say, I want that. I want to be a part of that. Not because you're walking around with a smile when you're sad or you're faking it or trying to put on a good show. Oh, Jesus loves me and and life's great. No, because that's not always true. The first part is. The second part is not. But if you truly make change in your life, if you truly love on others and learn to interact and coexist and and do right things, not just religious things, be courteous on the roads, kind to one another in shopping malls. If you do those things, those basic things, people will take notice. And the change comes from the unity of that which is right, the unity of of doing good, and that makes change. There's this weird, this weird cult now that negativity is more honest than positivity. That cynicism should be respected more because, wow, they they you know. They're saying something negative or they're questioning everything. Therefore, they must be smarter. It's not true. Don't give in to it. Don't give in to all the ugliness and the negativity and the destruction. The devil destroys. God erects. God builds. God makes. God creates. Stop the destruction by coming together with your fellow believers in love and in grace and love the world into Christianity, not force them into it. Remember these words. I am with you always. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.